Welcome to Growth Marketing Camp, where we sit down with our favorite marketers to demystify growth and give you the insights to help turn your next campaign into a major success. Let's get into it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bobby Narang, now co-host of Growth Marketing Camp. I am so excited today to be joined by Jazz Binning. She is Director of Marketing at OpenSense. Jazz, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bobby. I'm welcoming you today as a guest, but going forward, you are our newest team member here at Growth Marketing Camp. You'll be joining as a co-host for the show, and I am incredibly excited about that. Thanks. Thanks so much, Bobby. I know I've shared it with you uh, before. I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. But I'm excited to yeah, get an opportunity to, to build kind of relationships with some of the marketers that are coming on the show. And I've been yep. listening to it. So I hope I can bring a lot of value and I'm also going to have a lot of fun with it. So I'm pretty excited. I'm excited as well because it is going to add a whole new perspective to our show to have an authentic marketer like yourself talking to other marketers as well. And I think that that's just going to add a lot of value to the conversations and and hopefully provide our audience with even more value and some of the insights that are going to be shared that you're uniquely going to be able to, to drive home. So um, super excited for that. For our audience today, we're going to have a little bit of a, of a different episode today. I, I thought it'd be really fun to spend some time uh, just getting to know Jazz a little bit better, both for myself and for you, the audience. We'll continue our regularly scheduled programming next week, but for today's episode, I'm basically going to be running through just some some interview questions to get to know Jazz a little bit better. And again, hopefully this lets you guys, uh, you, you all know a little bit about Jazz as well. Without further ado, I'm just going to kind of get right into it. Jazz, you've, you've got a ton of experience in different aspects of marketing, whether it's social media, blogging, you know, you were freelancing for a while, which is actually how we met initially. Um, and now you're leading a marketing team at a scaling startup. Given your experiences, is there any one particular thing that you've done at any point in your career that kind of stands out or, or that you remember or look back on fondly as the best? If so, which one is it? And, and maybe you can just explain to our audience a little bit why it stood out. Yeah, for sure. So when I started out in marketing, yep. I think I actually started my career as a co-op. And that's when I learned about the startup world. But I basically had a lot of experience working in startups and also working in larger organizations that had lots of checks and balances, especially as it relates to marketing. Okay. The one area that I'm going to say that I enjoyed the most over and over and over again was working in startups, which is mm-hmm. my, probably my best experience so far, is working at OpenSense. Cool. And I'll touch a little bit more on it a little bit later, but I think the reason why I like startups so much mm-hmm. is because is that you're kind of a, a single person working with you know three or four other people. You end up wearing so many hats. And early on, when I had that experience, I ended up learning so much, whether it was about the different technologies that I was managing, working with consultants. I was working in an IT consulting company mm-hmm. for a while. That was mm-hmm. one of my first kind of management experiences. And you realize there's so much that a marketer has to do, especially to tap into the subject matter experts to market those people. Back then, our products were the consultants and we were a Microsoft consulting agency. So 
I basically had experience with email marketing. I learned about, uh, I started using uh, HubSpot early on. I was managing social media. I was managing the blogs and then doing like event stuff too. So because of that, I feel like uh, when you work in a large organization, you end up being like just a small peg, you know, with the rest of them. And Mm -hmm. there's not much that you can influence. And a lot of the work that you produce goes through different, uh, goes through the hierarchy. And sometimes it ends up being changed. And I think there, um, when I started off in startup world, it was this almost like this ability to influence the DNA of the company yeah. early on and working in smaller teams, the stuff that you would produce, you're able to be creative. You're in the, you're in the very beginning phases of building the voice and the tone yep. of that brand. And I think that's something that um, I've enjoyed the most in terms of like what I enjoy, like whether it's social or blogging or sure. email. Like I, I love taking like a content and a copy angle for, for the work that I do early on when I was in university, I thought I would want to be a journalist. I was very idealistic and I eventually mm-hmm. thought, Hey, I'm going to work for the UN or just mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. and then you realize you want money. <laughs> uh-huh. And so when I broke my way into tech, one of the things I realized is, Hey, all this, all the, the creative writing experience that I did have, I can actually own that and own my voice. In startups compared to, there was for a while when you're working in a large organization, it was, and now we're seeing a shift, but it was very much everything you've learned, any kind of creative writing skills you have, bash them. Let's just focus on business professional. Absolutely. And and no one resonates with business professional. And I think we're seeing it now more. People are saying, be human, be human. Absolutely. And I think that startups created that. Mm-hmm. And now the large um, organizations are starting to follow that. But um, very long-winded answer to your question. I love working in startups. I look, yep. love being in small teams and getting experience in all these different areas. I have more of like a content angle and a copywriting and a blogging angle. I enjoy reading and consuming content. And I kind of use that to produce new content. So. Yeah. Well, it's a very interesting answer because I think one of the things that stands out to me is that you savor the ability to have a more tangible or at least feels like a more tangible impact in the work that you're doing within the organization that you're operating. And it makes sense. I think anybody in a startup, I mean, that's just the nature of it to some extent, is that everybody plays a role that's tangible. That's that's what the startup can afford. It's it's You're not sort of excessively spending. And, and in fact, that actually reminds me of, of another thought, doing more with less. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen you do that a number of times. In fact, one of the first iterations or, or, or manifestations of that was when I saw you make this incredible video on an iPhone app that you downloaded for a buck 99 or something like that about our team's presence at HubSpot Inbound. Is doing more with less something that you've kind of done your whole career? Is that just something that like marketing budgets uh, like cause you to have to be more efficient? Is that something that's directly related to your experience in startups? Tell me a little bit about that and, and tell me if you think that's important for a marketer to operate within that sort of mindset of doing more with less? So, so I love the question. There's two answers that I have for this. Okay. So number one, when you think about doing more with less, I think for a while it was like, it was more of a negative thing. Like, oh, like I've got, there's so much that marketers are having to do and they don't have the resources or the budget to support them. But you forget when you start thinking about, there are ways that you can just hack creativity and you can, um, have almost the same outcome, maybe even better if you're creative and not doing this massive production. So the first time I started experiencing that, I was actually in university. Um, 
And uh, it was like a summer semester. I wasn't used to not taking the semester off. I was always used to working. I mean, um, not working, but being a student every mm -hmm. semester. Mm -hmm. And I remember one semester, I was like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy. I'm not going to do a co-op. I'm not going to take classes. I'm just going to take a single class and relish and enjoy the university experience. And uh, me and my sister were kind of coming down the escalator of our the one of the campuses here in Vancouver. And I saw a huge sign up for this program called Venture Connect. And I basically kind of walked over with her. I grabbed my coffee and then I walked over. And I'm like, man, what, what, you know, what's Venture Connect? And it was basically like an incubator program that they created in our university. Uh -huh. And they were taking in applications for students who had ideas. They would pair them with an entrepreneur related to that idea that you had. Uh -huh. And then you would work with that person. If they liked your idea, they would basically sign you on. And then you would start building out this product, marketing, everything alongside their mentorship. And I remember walking by and I was like, oh my gosh. And I told my sister, I was like, you want to actually have some fun this semester? Yeah. Like, and I'm just like hanging out and watching TV. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. And so we actually had an idea that we were talking to my dad about. I used to live in the States. When I moved from the States, I was pretty overweight. And uh, we started uh, making smoothies for ourselves. And this is going to be my idea, but we would make smoothies all the time, but then we'd rush to class and we would leave a huge mess, like banana peels and everything in our kitchen counter. And my mom would text us like, what the heck, you know, what, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Why are you making a mess? And I remember my dad sitting us down and he's like, you guys need to be more responsible. You're an adult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mom's not going to clean up everything for you. And you waste so much time. Why don't you turn this into a process? And uh, maybe pack them in Ziploc baggies, throw everything away, like meal prep and do it over the weekend. So we started doing that. And uh, I remember when we talked to the guy at Venture Connect, we basically said, look, we've got this idea and um, we this it's a kind of a smoothie based idea. And we're thinking we called it smoothies. And basically what we ended up doing was we condensed. So that process of putting them into Ziploc baggies, you see that on like Jugo juice now, we condensed them even further and we had turned them, we had pureed them and turned them into smoothie cubes. Cool. And um, when we pitched this idea to them, like who's our persona? Girls our age, right? Women early kind of 25 to 30 who will, will have a bit of a bougier budget mm -hmm. and they want to spend a little bit more money on healthy, like drinking juices and something healthy. Women who are busy and they want to incorporate healthy lifestyles. So we ended up pitching this. They brought us into the program. And then we had to, me and my sister had to get super creative. And I remember back then Fiverr was huge. Everything was actually $5 on Fiverr. Yep. And I got the, we got the logo made. She was focused more on like business and finance. I focused on the marketing because I realized right. this is what I enjoy and used Fiverr to um, come up with the creatives, tapped into Fiverr professionals for like social media because we were having to build up this full business plan. Mm -hmm. And I think we made it all the way until the execution. So at the very end, we were one of the last people in the Venture Connection program. But when did you just execute, like actually finding like refrigerated trucks to be able to transport yeah. our cubes, actually building the product? That's where I was like, all right, semester's ending, time to go back to school. <laughs> that was where I learned about just hacking and getting creative and trying to do more with less because I was a student. I didn't have a lot of budget. I wasn't really um, spending too much time working. Yep. And um, I actually used that to jumpstart kind of that um, mindset that I have where Let's just, it's almost like the five hour work week. You read Tim Ferriss' stuff. He'll mm -hmm. kind of say the same thing. Work smarter, don't work harder. Yeah. And 
I'd say like that was also the beginning of me also realizing I love this. I love startups. I love trying to start something and thinking about a product in many different angles. What are the challenges? What, what are the areas that you need to overcome? Understand your audience. Yep. Um, create the right story to tell them. And part of your audience who's not your audience because you, you want to completely um, remove those people and stay focused. But absolutely. Yeah. So that was my experience. I think that's my first time sharing that out loud too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it makes a ton of sense that that would be ingrained in you from that point. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Startups are, are, are not dissimilar from college students in that access to limited resources and, and having to kind of manage around that. So, so I can see how that would translate really well. And, and I think from a startup standpoint, it's, you know, every dollar that's not being spent here can be spent elsewhere to grow the business. And so that that's always going to be super important. So, so obviously, you know, doing, doing more with less, I think is probably a valuable skill for, I don't know if you would say for, for every marketer out there, but certainly I think for, for you and in the circumstance here at OpenSense, what are, what are some other skills in action? Let me get more specific. What would you say is the top skill? that a marketer can bring to the table to be at the top of their profession? So I'm just going to say what I, based off of my perspective of something that I do because I I value it the most. Uh I think the art of research is extremely, extremely important. And the reason why, like I say that is I think research, when you're trying to understand what your product is, even before you launch a product, because we're actually in the middle of doing that at OpenSense with this compliance thing. As a marketer and as a, just a human being, I don't know what like compliance officers or legal professions, what they're dealing with as it relates to email. That's not something that I understand. That's not something that I've really looked into. So backing that and supplementing the work that you do with tons of qualitative and quantitative research, I think is key before you ever write a blog post, yep. before you launch a product, before you ever create like a video or interview your customers, understanding everything from the get-go is important, but you obviously don't want to, I have in the past gotten stuck with my dad would joke like, oh, it's like analysis paralysis, which we hear a lot. You also have to understand at what point is the research that I've created, at what point do I stop it and just start testing? Um, because it does not have to, when you're testing the market, it doesn't have to be a full, full-fledged plan from A to Z. It's just got to be enough for you to be able to create the content and see if it resonates, look at the data, Absolutely. then determine what are the next steps that I'm going to do. But I think research is extremely important. Because you want to be able to tell the right story to the right audience. Absolutely. Um, and everything we as marketers do, whether it's copywriting, social, blog posts, email campaigns, it always starts with understanding who we're writing for and yep. customer. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think it, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think, you know, the word authenticity is one that I feel like has been tossed around uh, basically for the last five or 10 years in terms of like brand voice and, you know, your personalizing content and and just coming across as more authentic. Well, gosh, one of the prerequisites to being authentic is really understanding the context within which your audience operates and lives within, right? I mean, like, like people can sniff out BS, pardon my French, from, from a mile away. And I think you cannot be authentic if you don't understand the individuals or the groups that you're talking to. Like, it's just people can see right through that. And so I think to your point, research is prerequisite. Understanding is prerequisite to being able to offer an authentic perspective that's meaningful and, and value creating within a given conversation. So I think that's a phenomenal point. And I think that that just makes a ton of sense. 
you know, you've already shared, I think, uh, an incredibly valuable story uh, about you know this idea of doing more with less. But would you say that's that's the most valuable lesson that you've had in your career so far? If not, do, do you mind sharing with with me and our audience? Yeah, you know, yeah, it was something, something like that. Yeah, doing more with less. I still think it's very important. But in terms of the biggest lesson or the greatest lesson I've learned in my career, I actually wrote a post on it on LinkedIn because this is something that I think about anytime I'm struggling or anytime I feel any kind of internal doubt. It's this idea of invest in yourself. And I think I sh- I shared a story where I was working in a crypto startup, which is mm-hmm. super chaotic, <laughs> mm-hmm. but. There was a point when I uh, was in the middle of signing a mortgage. I was also in the middle of planning my wedding. And I knew that the company was going down. And there were about 60 people when I had joined the company. By the time that they let me go, and I was basically the, the I was the last marketer to hang on to this mm-hmm. uh, sinking ship. But I remember feeling so much fear. And I had a, like a full-fledged panic attack at the um, lawyer's office. And my husband was like, Jazz, get a grip. Um like it's okay we need to like we need to trust that everything's going to be good like you'll find another job it'll be okay and I remember thinking wow how are we how are we going to sign on this new mortgage when like life has just come and just hit me in the face (laughs) and I knew that it was basically starting to go down but around that time I think it just felt so real because we were just we were about to sign this like we were at the lawyer's office we're about to sign and I remember I thought I thought I had more time and I realized that I didn't. But around that time is actually when I also started working for you guys. I was freelancing yeah. for you guys. So you were one of the people, uh, one of the clients that I started building. But I had a conversation with my dad a few months before that where he basically said, and I think it's this beautiful quote. I don't remember it exactly, but yeah. a bird sitting on a tree isn't afraid of the branch breaking because her trust is in her, yeah. not the branch. That. And I remember my dad telling me that, like, you know, it's chaos. You know, there's a chance that this is going to go down, you know, build your flight feathers. And I was working in an agency at the time. So I had a lot of agency experience working with multiple clients, but not as a freelancer, just Uh an employee. So I started reaching out to people in my network around the time is when I also met Alex, who introduced me. Hey, Jazz, are you looking for new clients? And I was like, of course I am. Amazing. And um he introduced me to like you guys and you along with three other clients were the people that I had started taking on and alongside my full-time job. When they did let me go, I was like soaring and I was like, I'm totally fine. I can finally, like I um, invested in myself. I built a process. I learned, started learning freelancing. Um, That was my first time independently standing on my own. But since then I've learned that you cannot rely on anyone as even probably the best company in the world. At the end of the day, you have to rely on yourself. And um, that's probably the greatest career lesson I learned in marketing. Things change so quickly and new technologies come and go. The perception of the public shifts like an insane amount. Like Gen Z is, is shifting and shaking things up and taking away like the power that millennials took away from the people prior. So um, always staying two steps ahead, always learning, always investing in yourself, I think is extremely important. So you don't become like stale and you're always like, you're always thinking on your feet. I think that's one of the best lessons that I can say that I've learned. And it's something that I invest in daily. I'm constantly trying to read, stand on the shoulders of giants, find out who are the great marketers out there, learn from them. And it's a never-ending thing. And I think for good marketers, it's going to be a never-ending thing. Amazing. Absolutely incredible perspective there. And that quote about, you know, it's not the confidence in the branch, but the confidence in one's own wings. I think that's an incredible lesson for anybody in any profession. It can be a scary world out there. 
But if you really do, you need to really kind of believe in what it is that makes you special, what it is that makes you great, or what it is that makes you valuable in the context of, of business, if, if that's the, the lens through which we're looking at it. So absolutely a phenomenal perspective. And, and I'm so glad to have heard your answer to that because that's inspiring to me as well. You mentioned standing on the shoulders of giants and, and learning from other marketers. It's, it's a fine segue into another question that, that I have for you. Who are some of those marketers that, that you're, you're studying or who do you think is shaking things up a little bit or providing insights that are trend shifting to some extent? For sure. Um, so I think one source of learning that I have, fortunately, because I'm working in it, is listening to the Girls Marketing Camp episode. So oh, I feel like... Uh, good answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys keep watching Growth Marketing and yeah. Growth Marketing Campaign. But I think that has been the greatest source of learning that I've had that we've actually applied to some of the work that we do cool. pretty recently. So one of my first interviews, actually my first interview ever um, with Growth Marketing Camp is going to be with this guy, Noah Levy, a great guy. And one of the things that he had shared, which we discuss in the next episode, y'all stay tuned for that. But he basically shared something that we've started applying um, to kind of a growth marketing camp strategy, reaching out to past guests and further building that relationship, um, doing some guest blogging. So that's something that we that we are planning to do. So I would say in terms of uh, where I get my inspiration from, the marketers that join our show. Other things, another person that sticks out to me as someone who I think is just absolutely killing it in marketing, he's got a very, very unique perspective. And I don't know where I found his newsletter. I subscribed on Substack sometime last year. His name is uh -huh. Kevin Lee. And he's the uh, head of marketing at a company called Oyster. I can spend hours and hours and hours going through the Substack and reading everything that he is sharing. He's a voracious reader. Everything that he reads, he shares. He has his books there. He has different perspective that he's constantly sharing, whether it has to do with leadership, go-to-market, product marketing, uh, managing and leading a team. I have almost become like, I, I talked to my, my husband about, I'm like, honestly, if I think about who, who is a mentor for me, like just a virtual mentor, I see this guy and I'm so happy cool. that he's sharing. That is like my North Star. I'm like, I'm going to get to that level because he thinks about things in such a kind of broad perspective and so multifaceted, does not focus on a single thing, but the people side, the culture, just everything that not only makes you a great marketer, but a great human being and a great leader. And so, uh, absolutely obsessed with what he's produced. So check it out if you get a chance. Yeah, that's great. I, ha I haven't heard of Kevin uh, before, so definitely going to have to add his uh, insights uh, to my list. Jazz, I've, I've like really enjoyed this interview so far. You know, we've worked together for a number of years, but I feel like I've had an opportunity here in the last 20, 30 minutes to, to even get to know you, uh, to get to know you even a little bit better. And and honestly, it's, it's phenomenal. Before we wrap up, I, I thought it could be fun to... Just do a little rapid fire round here and we'll maybe take some of the weight of these questions off a little bit and just ask you some really quick, fun questions that I just want you to top of mind answer. Got five or six of them for you here. You game? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. First one. What did you want to be when you grew up? Ooh, um, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an artist and I realized there's uh, a struggling artist bubble to die. So I'll not be an artist. Okay. All right. Yeah, that one makes sense. I think I know the answer to this one, but are you a dog or a cat person? 100% a dog person. I thought so. All right. And then I think I know the answer to this one too. Team coffee or team tea? 1000% team coffee. 
Yeah. I'm really like, you right now. You are. And it's cold and it's very light. So it's not even like uh, strong tea, but yeah. Good coffee. Yeah. And specifically Nespresso, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Okay. Uh, what would you say is your superpower? I guess like I try to make people feel comfortable all the time. So I'm a bit of a chameleon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess that's a superpower because I like people yeah. comfortable with me. So yeah, I, I would say that's a superpower. Okay. Name your top guilty pleasure. Instant ramen. Like instant I, ramen. I am obsessed with eating bad instant ramen that just absolutely mess you up. But I uh-huh. eat every single day for the rest of my life. Okay. That would def that would definitely qualify as fried and butter. Fried and butter. Oh man. Okay. Um, all right. This one's a little bit more topical. You only get to choose one marketing channel for the rest of your life. Which one do you choose? Ooh. Um, so to use as a marketer, of mm-hmm. course, open sense, email, email ad banners, of course. Great, great answer. Gosh, such a company person over here. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And then to consume TikTok because I can't, yeah, I'm, I've been obsessed with TikTok. Okay. All right. Name your favorite B2B brand and your favorite B2C brand. Um, I'm not going to be shameless and say open sense is my favorite B2B okay. brand. That's fair. But it is, even though it is. MailChimp, I absolutely love what they're doing. I love their brand. It's so memorable. And these guys are doing tech very differently compared to some of the other brands out there. Uh-huh. B2C, I always loved Ben & Jerry's uh-huh. um, because they're an ice cream brand that uh-huh. stands on very uh, complicated and heavy political issues. And just seeing an ice cream brand do that is uh, memorable. It's sure. great. And they're obviously pissing a lot of people off, Mm -hmm. um, but they don't want that audience anyways. They want the people that love for what they stand. So I I stand for Ben Jerry's. I love that. Last question I have for you. I know things are a little bit all over the place with travel right now, but what's the next destination on your list for you and your husband to go see? Ooh, we are planning to go actually, so I'm going to say something more um, overseas. So we're actually going to London in uh, uh august for actually a cousin's wedding but we're planning on doing like some europe europe traveling so either doing italy or edinburgh when we go see london so awesome we went there during my honeymoon and it was absolutely phenomenal we did france south of france mm-hmm. and haven't been able to do that since covid so hoping to do that this year i hope you get to as well this has been so awesome i know again i have really enjoyed this conversation yeah it's working alongside you for a number of years i've definitely walking away learning something uh or two um so definitely appreciate you you coming on and also super excited to have you bring your unique perspective and your unique experience to the show i think it's going to be a massive addition i think we're going to uncover new better insights and a different perspective into these conversations that we're so fortunate to be able to have with some of the marketers that i'm sure you've listened to in our audience have as well. So I think that will do it for us today. Jazz, thanks for coming on the show. And for the audience, a little bit of housekeeping. We'll see you next week with another amazing Growth Marketing Camp episode. This one will be hosted by Jazz. You just had the opportunity to meet. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Y'all better listen to my episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. We'll, we'll keep a close eye on those analytics, Jazz. Thanks so much for your time today and uh, looking forward to, to doing this show with you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited too. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks for listening to Growth Marketing Camp. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would give it a quick five-star rating or share it with a friend or colleague looking to get a little more inspiration for their next campaign. If you want to learn more about the company behind the show, head to opensense.com. That's O-P-E-N. 
S-E-N-S-E.com. We'll catch you on the next episode.